I'm Andy Cassette. And I'm Jessie Prey. And this is a Love Murder Quickie. Jesse, these quickies are so much fun. I think I'm just also really excited about it being October because I'm like super in the Halloween mood. Yes. And we're actually recording this over the weekend. We usually are recording like as the weekend ends. So I'm very excited because as soon as we're finished, I'm going to watch my first Halloween movie of the season, which is my favorite to kick it off, A Sleepy Hollow with Christina Ritchie and Johnny Depp is a perennial favorite of mine. I want to know what Andy's favorite movies are, but also what you guys, what you're watching for Halloween. I just think Sleepy Hollow is superior because it's like true crime plus myths and legends plus Tim Burton creepiness plus Christopher Walken with the creepy sharpened teeth. I mean, it has everything. So I don't know how you can top that one. That's why it's my favorite Halloween movie. Andy, what are you watching? I will. I now feel like I very much so need to revisit Sleepy Hollow. One of my favorites from last year, because we did like a true October Halloween movie marathon last year, was this new movie that was on, I think, Netflix that was called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. And that one was really scary. Like, for What was it about other than an autopsy? (gasps) It's about this son and dad duo who own a morgue and it's in the basement of their house and they have this woman come in who they have to you know do an autopsy on and just shit starts like hitting the fan and I'm not gonna tell you more but it's actually like it's it's jumpy and suspenseful without being too too gory you know there's the parts where they're like dissecting but it's not like a it's not like a slasher even though slashers can be fun sometimes but this is like actually haunting and scary as fuck like it's it's good yeah I'm gonna add that one to the list I'm really excited this is definitely tis the season to get scared oh yeah okay so speaking of scary you know what else is scary what love (laughs) (laughs) you just did that that was a very smooth transition don't you think yeah it was like butter Mm mm-hmm so, yes, we're getting back to what Cucktoberfest quickies are all about. If you missed last week's, they are fun, short bonus episodes where Andy and I read each other stories of revenge inflicted upon cheaters. And some of it is due. Some of it is not due, especially the murderous cases. And we will read them out loud to you guys and discuss. So this time... I think you're going first, right, Andy? I am. Okay, let's do it. I found that there's a lot of people are really intrigued by this. <laughs> there's a lot of interest in these cheating revenge stories. Like it's oh kind of, yeah, it's like a well, thing. the guy you were talking about, Neil Broadbent, was that his name last yeah. week? Going viral, like people. I think everyone can relate to being cheated on. That it's probably happened to everyone at least once in their life, and. They kind of want revenge for everyone when it happens, you know? 
There's a lot that were on women boards and mom groups. And like I saw just a total assortment of different types of websites, even some that I've like never even heard of that were just like lists of the top revenge stories, blah, blah, blah. Like put some prawns in the wall when you leave your partner and at his fish. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? But anyway, what I really find interesting is obviously the person who's cheated on typically is the victim, but so much of the time in, you know, in real life and in, in cinema and online, I think, you know, with these revenge stories too, the victim can end up being the villain. And we'll think about Pam smart. Even Greg cheated on her technically first before she became a predator and creeped on a 15 year old. Which obviously isn't called for on Pam. Like we're not, you all we're know not pro I, Pam. We, we all know how I felt Pam. about Pam, so I don't need to go there. But I do want to talk about this little story about this unnamed woman from Scotland. So this woman okay. was was called toxic and psychotic and crazy. So her her boyfriend cheated on her. The whole article is is not about like cheating. It's not about what happened. It's not about whether they live together or not. It's not about if they're engaged. It's about how toxic and crazy she is because she rubbed his toothbrush in the toilet she dumped out all of his and i use quotation bubbles expensive toiletries like axe come on she is cutting up his shitty t-shirts i mean they're like okay. online so far, this seems like very standard you cheated yes. on me f you material not even nice stuff it's like clothing that like does not matter so she's singing while doing this which i think is funny and charming but she's like she's like singing while she's brushing his toothbrush in the toilet and she's like did she also tape this like yeah. like oh, yeah. neil okay thing. sorry i left that very important part out and she <laughs> is like and then she is also playing i just want to use your love tonight in the background yeah they have some they're they are really getting a great soundtrack the two of them I kind of feel like Neil and her should get together I I feel like too I feel like they'd make a great couple Mm -hmm. and she has like a few other songs that all are about breakups and it's it's pretty funny it's very edited it's very choppy and I feel you know and this is pretty much it she paints like a penis on one of his t-shirts with nail polish I love the girl this is all very minor stuff And I love that she like did it with the nail polish. You know what I mean? It's like putting lipstick on the mirror. It's like that same effect. She cuts up some more clothes. She puts some food and yogurt in his shoes. She puts chili powder in a lotion that he has, which obviously you would notice when you squirt out into your hand. And the worst thing that she does is she puts hair remover in his body wash, which honestly, at this point, if you're coming I home- I think that's it, probably just doing him a favor. Like, you know, it's your body wash. As long as he's not washing his hair with it. Manscaping, you know. So I'm like, manscaping, yeah. His hair will grow back. He can buy new shoes. No one is harmed in the making of this revenge. What is the big deal? Like, why are we calling her crazy and toxic? And I, obviously, I'm like, uh, it's because she's a woman and doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yes, like Neil last week was so charming and he went viral and everybody loved it. And then he raised money for charity and we're all shouting for him. And this woman, so she just got like the shit end of the stick. Everyone thought she was nuts. Yeah. And my other question that I was going to ask is like, (laughs) my my husband was like, well, if if that's not her property, that's illegal. Like she's damaging his property. And I'm like, well, what if they live together? Mm. Mm. You know? That's true. So I'm like, if they live together 
and he cheated on her and she's just cutting up his shit and putting yogurt in his shoes. I really don't, I really don't understand why this woman got blamed for being toxic and psychopath. And I just think that's really interesting because I think that everyone has some different perspectives depending on the gender of like how people act and how they react and what they plan. And especially with obviously shame and embarrassment and like all the feelings that go alongside being cheated oh on. my gosh also it's circumstantial i mean yeah. if they had gotten into a fight if he was like i don't want to go to your mom's for christmas and then well, she did this <laughs> like then she'd be a psychopath yeah. like this is obviously i think it's commensurate for the crime the crime yeah. meets the crime if he cheated on her you know and of course we don't know the ins and outs of the relationship no I think fucking some shit up is like in a totally appropriate crime for what he did. I agree. If it's like a minor infraction and she behaved like this, then I can totally understand why they'd say this. But yeah. I mean, clearly something really bad happened, hopefully, for this for her to be pushed to this level, you know? Yeah. And with her, the way that she's doing it too, when you're watching the video, like I literally thought she was going to be like Chucky coming out with a, you know, pair of scissors going after his clothes and shit. But he, she's, oops, does it in a very charismatic, funny way. So I just, I thought it was an interesting point to bring up and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it, Jesse. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of what you expect. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think if I was cheating on somebody, I would expect them to lash out in a certain way, like not to physical violence. Obviously, that's never called for. No. But for like, you know, maybe them like putting my crap out on the lawn or, you know, destroying something I cared about. You know, it's not the most mature response, no. but it's certainly not like to a point where somebody should be arrested for it or like publicly lambasted, you know, I think we can all relate a little bit to having a certain amount of rage at finding out that someone we loved and trusted and were having unprotected sex with <laughs> was maybe potentially endangering our lives, you know? Yep, of course. Yeah. I felt the same way. So that was my little mini mini story. Yeah. I kind of like that your two stories bookend each other in a way. So I hope you guys listened to last week. If you haven't, please do go back and listen to Cocktoberfest Quickie number one um, because Andy's stories really complement each other. And it's it's definitely interesting to see it on the other side of the gender coin over there. Yeah, for sure. And do you have a girl as well? I do. So I have a, a very vengeful, murderous woman. Yes. I can't believe you yes. have two murders and I have two I like, do. I do. I think next week I have a non-murder. So it's a it's a revenge story that doesn't result in murder, which is fun too. So you'll have to bring the murder next week. Oh, shit. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm going to be reading you an article from Time Magazine. It's by Leo Senderwitz who did such a phenomenal job. Like I was going to cherry pick from this uh, article and said I'm, I'm reading the entire thing because this man is a journalist and an artist. <laughs> Even the title. So the title is Shoot to Kill and shoot is C-H-U-T-E like parachute. Jealous Belgian skydiver convicted of murder. What? Oh yeah. Get ready. Buckle up because this is a wild story. Agatha Christie's quirky Belgian detective, Hercule Perrault, 
could hardly have found a juicier whodunit. And in his home country, no less, because this happened in Brussels. The case of the skydiving murderess has everything. Secret tryst, subterfuge, and a sabotaged parachute. This article is from 2010, so this is kind of an older story. Okay. Um, as, I mean, I'll give you the update at the end, but this is a wonderful article. I loved the whole thing through and through. However, this was no fictional mystery. It was real life. And the victim, 38-year-old Els Van Doren, perished in the most dramatic way. After leaping from a Cessna airplane at 13,000 feet Whoa. to perform a routine with her skydiving club, she found her chute ropes had been cut. Yeah. How Just terrifying me. is this? Oh, my God. Have you been skydiving ever? No. Did you go? Mm-hmm. I went in Australia. Okay. okay. First of all, you're crazy. I think all of y'all <laughs> who do this are nuts. Like, I love living. I see no reason to do it. I This is my worst nightmare, what I'm describing. Now, Andy, imagine that moment, that exhilaration, that freedom and then realizing your parachute is effing cut so she's not doing tandem she's she's a jumper by herself oh yeah she belongs to a skydiving club she's all by herself out in the lonesome they do tricks and shit yeah 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 um yeah no it's I I worried about everything there was to worry about while I was doing it so I and I was a baby I was like 21 years old I would not do it now at all I remember when you left because remember when you moved back you moved back you moved in with me for a little bit yeah you were a baby. I was a baby and I was like ballsy and, you know, it was just – it was a time. But I, I'm so glad I did it. Even when you do it tandem, like what if the guy just wakes up and, you know, his wife cheated on him and he's feeling suicidal and he decides to just take down a woman that looks like her or something and just plummets both of you to the ground? I, I don't know, trust anybody concerns, in this situation. Both concerns. My tandem partner told me that he was a gigolo. He was like this Eastern European guy who moved to Australia and he was totally fucking with me. But I was like, so how long have you been doing this? And he was like, oh, this is my third jump. And I was like, what? (laughs) And he was like, yeah, I actually just quit being a gigolo. And I was like, uh... Wow. He's looking for business all over the place. He's like, so if you're not satisfied by the tandem jump, or you are... They I have also, a side business. So you don't have a parachute on you, but you're sitting on the plane with them and they don't clip you into their they don't clip you into them until you're about to jump out of the plane. So you're like on this teeny ass plane with like 10 people and the windows open, the doors open and you get up to 14,000 feet and they clip you at like 12,000. So you're yep, just nope, 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 nope. <laughs> nope, I'm going to give you a big old nope on this. <laughs> Oh, it's, it was crazy. It was crazy. So I appreciate and respect okay. all of you out there who have done that. Yeah, I give you major props, but I think y'all are nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, so imagine that moment. So they're at 13,000 feet, and she realizes her chute ropes had been cut, plummeting to the ground at around 120 miles per hour. Yep. She crashed and died in someone's garden. You're just waiting for the ground to meet you? Are you kidding me? Almost four years have passed since Van Doren's death. Since then, her involvement in a bizarre love triangle has come to light. A mother of two married to an Antwerp jeweler, 
Van Doren was also sleeping with a Dutch member of the skydiving club, Marcel Mars Summers. And Summers was sleeping with another club member as well. Els, also Els, but she goes by Babs Klotmans. She was 26, a school teacher with a history of psychological trouble. Okay, this crew? This crew is dangerous. Yeah. This is what I think you get if you hang out too much with skydiving people. <laughs> it's going to be me I with think, your kids. Oh, my God. Stay away from those skydiving people. <laughs> Stay away from the skydivers and the carnies. <laughs> the sex, drugs, and rock and roll are fine, but yeah, the skydivers, totally fine. skydivers are – you steer clear. Yeah, I encourage you not to go to college. Just work at a bar. That was my primary education. But the skydivers, you stay away from those people. <laughs> um, so Klotman's was eventually arrested, but it took until Wednesday, October 20th, after a four-week trial in the northern Flemish town of Tongren, for a jury to find her guilty of premeditated murder. On Thursday, the court sentenced Klotman's to a 30-year jail term. And the it? case, well, it's only 30 years, but listen to this case because I have feelings on both sides. Okay. The case has gripped Belgium, where a live television feed was set up from the courtroom. So this is also reminiscent of some of the bigger cases we've had, where it really was a big deal in Belgium. Yeah. This is a country where crimes of passion are rare. The details of the love triangle, Klotman's apparent raging jealousy, and the spectacular death plunge seem to have more in common with an episode of CSI than the humdrum routine of life in Flanders. And locals wonder how long it will be before the inevitable Hollywood dramatization. Indeed, part of the crime is already caught on video. This is so brutal. Van Doren's agonizing fall was filmed on her own head-mounted camera. Oh, it's brutal. It's so brutal. I do not want to see this video. She is initially seen jumping from the plane with Klotman's along with Summers, the whole love triangle, and another man who is in the club. All seems fine when they link hands midair in a star formation, something they had done many times before. But when they release their hands at 4,500 feet, which is already Van- cutting it close, really close. Yeah. Van Doren discovers that neither her main parachute nor her backup chute will deploy. So they're both cut. In the chilling footage, she is seen frantically tugging at the straps, trying to open her parachutes before plunging to her death. Oh, my stomach just dropped. Whoa. So Klotman's initially escaped attention during a first round of police questioning because of her friendship with the victim. In the 10 months before the incident, they spoke over the phone 200 times. So apparently they were pretty darn close. Okay, so she's a psychopath. Yes, but she became a suspect when she attempted suicide hours before she was to make a second statement to the police. Yet, despite the emphatic sentence handed to Klotmans on Thursday, just one notch down from life imprisonment, some still doubt her guilt. So this is the big question mark. Throughout 100 hours of interrogation by detectives, she maintained her innocence. 
They wanted me to confess, but confess to what? I couldn't confess as I hadn't done anything. She protested during the trial. And although the jury found her guilty, there was no hard evidence to convict her. No confession, no witnesses, no fingerprints or DNA, not even an incriminating knife or a pair of scissors. So the only thing she appears to have is motive and opportunity. Prosecutors said Summers was sharing his bed on Friday nights with Klotman's and on Saturdays with Van Doren. That's that's like quite quite a schedule. Yeah, quite a schedule, sir. They stated that on November 10th, 2006, a week before the murder, Klotman's was staying at Summers' home in the southern Dutch city of Eindhoven when Van Doren showed up. Prosecutors claimed that Summers then took Van Doren upstairs to bed while Klotman's was kept downstairs on a mattress in the living room. So I think it was her night. Like, it was her night. Yeah. And instead, Van Doren showed up, and he was like, you have to stay downstairs now, and I'm taking her upstairs. So he kind of bumped her to second place. Uh, They argued that Klotman's could hear the pair making love through the thin walls. Summer's parachutes were in the hall, and it was alleged that Klotman's, consumed by jealousy, took that chance to interfere with them. Investigators found that the straps of both Van Doren's main and reserve chutes had been cut. The jury also heard a damning portrait of Klotman's emotional state. A report by three psychologists depicted her as deeply psychopathic, but able to maintain a facade. She was cold and without emotion, they said, and a danger for society. Well, there you go. She was, yeah, she was described as being deeply disturbed by her father's death when she was two and having sought psychological help after a suicide attempt at the age of 16. But this also calls into question for me, I mean, I guess the deeply psychopathic, you can't get around. I was just wondering, like, when people, I hate when people use, like, somebody's attempt to get mental help as, like, a weapon against them. Like, oh, they were hospitalized or, oh, they're on antidepressants or something. Because that means nothing. People, everyone has some form of mental illness and they need help and they should be able to get it. So I don't know. But the, the deeply psychopathic is not usually what psychiatrists say. No. No, that's that's a little extreme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was um, trying to give her the benefit of the doubt here, but that sounds pretty extreme. Yeah. No, I know. I appreciate what you were doing. It's very sweet. <laughs> Maybe this isn't the hill to die on. This this no. woman is not the particular person. Yeah, I don't think that this is I don't think that this is the one that we need to feel bad. That's like crazy. Yeah. So finishing up. Testifying via video from the Netherlands, Summers, who is the the man in question here, suggested that Klotmans was unable to cope with his relationship with Van Doren. When Els and I went to bed, Babs kept turning it over. Something cracked, he said. She took a pair of scissors and cut the parachute cords. For me, that's the most realistic scenario. Prosecutors accused Klotmans of sending anonymous letters to Van Doren and making anonymous phone calls. Another member of the Parachute Club in Zwartburg, which is just 20 miles from the Dutch border, described Klotmans as a drama queen. The judge said the only mitigating circumstance was Klotmans' unstable mental condition. But Klotmans' attorney, Vic van Elst, argued that this failed to meet legal test. There is not a shred of hard evidence to justify locking somebody up in a cell for the rest of her life. Only a lot of hocus pocus, he said. 
this has become an extraordinary public debate because everyone is asking, did she or didn't she do it? Said Gert Vermeulen, head of Ghent's University's Department of Penal Law and Criminology. But you have to ask yourself to what extent largely circumstantial evidence can be used to convict a person. Motive and opportunity are important. But they if are. they were the only elements, I would not convict the person. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's what good old Gert said, the head of Ghent University's Department of Penal Law and Criminology. Penal Law. <laughs> but then that's essentially saying that anyone who murders and gets rid of the murder weapon or figures out a way to do it without a murder weapon in this case, then they get away with it. True. And we've seen that before. So no, I like, don't know. Fucked. Most Belgians following the trial agreed with the jury that the evidence, however circumstantial, pointed to her guilt and accepted the court verdict as fair. However, unlike in Hercule Perrault stories, <laughs> this is one case that did not end with a confession by a cornered killer. So that's the question. It sounds like she did it, but I posit an alternative theory just oh, because shit. it's Halloween. What if the guy was madly in love with Van Doren and she wouldn't leave her husband for him and he was driven mad by anger and jealousy. So he decided to kill her and set up the other woman. He had the same amount of opportunity. I know, but he was banging her first. So I feel like he was banging her. And so he's got a free Yeah, but usually in the stories we see, it's the person banging them that's really the culprit. Yeah, but I don't know. I I like your alternate. I like your alternate. Ending. If I was her attorney, that's what I would have gone with. I was like, but he was also in the house. And you're he really, also had You're it. really picking up on some of the top lawyers and attorneys who we've been covering from Love Murder. Oh, there. yeah. Percy Foreman, man. He was, he was a devil because he represented some of the very worst people I've ever heard about. But, man, he was inspirational. That guy could get anyone off. Yeah, so I I think he should have definitely been a consideration, um, but I think with the girl's psychotic past. Yeah, so too. her psychopathy, also the they connected these anonymous phone calls and letters to her. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like they had a little bit more evidence than yeah, – she's a little crazy. Yeah, so that's actually – these two go hand in hand too because your story, she's not that crazy. They say she's crazy. She's not that crazy with your story. She just junked some of the dude's stuff. Toxic and psycho is not literally cutting a label of some clothing and drawing a penis with nail polish. No, it's not cutting a label. It's cutting a parachute cord. That is psycho and toxic. That's crazy. Crazy. Yes. That's crazy town. We can all agree. And we all know some other things that got cut off in other stories that we might yes. be talking about. Yes, guys. We are very excited that the last episode of this series will feature the cuck queen herself, Ms. Lorena Bobbitt. <laughs> the cuck queen herself. I mean, we had to end the series unlike the queen of all cucks, obviously. Of course. Of course. So this was a couple, this is a couple crazy women. That was so fun. That was a really, really fun one and also terrifying. So it kind of segues into our our Halloween movies that we're going to go watch. And we hope that you guys are, you know, eating your apple cider donuts and 
watching your Halloween movies and getting your pumpkins. <gasps> <laughs> and of course, while you're doing it, listening, listening to Love, to Love Murder. Murder. Okay, we love you so much, guys. We'll see you Wednesday for an all-new full episode. Stay spooky. Stay spooky and don't go skydiving. Bye. (laughs) Bye.